Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene has helped thousands with her books, seminars, and online academies. She's the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Push, and a mother of two. Hello? Hello? Is anyone there? I I don't know. It's like crickets over here. I didn't hear from many of you this week. You are my fuel. When I hear from you, it's like having a tip jar. I love it when you share with me your favorite parts of episodes. I love when I hear from you when you go to my website, shaleenjohnson.com forward slash podcast, and you leave me a voicemail. Just tell me what you thought about the last couple of episodes. Let me know what guests you'd like to hear from next. And if you happen to be listening to this episode in the month of December, and you're just racking your brain trying to figure out the perfect gift for Shalene. If I happen to be on your list, let me make this simple for you. Drum roll, please. Yep, you guessed it. The only thing on my list this year is new subscribers. I want to meet your friends. I want the people who you love to be a part of this family. So if you haven't already, will you do me a favor? Will you send a text to someone who you know, they would fit with our family and just let them know that you would love for them to meet your BFF, Shalene, and get them subscribed to the podcast. That's all. I'm really a very low maintenance, simple kind of girl. I actually, I'm really uncomfortable when people give me gifts. I love letters. I love words of affirmation and I love subscribers. All I want for Christmas is some new subscribers, some new subscribers, and maybe some singing lessons from Roger Love. I love to sing. I didn't say I'm good at it. Today's episode is about body image. I thought I better be silly in the intro because we get pretty serious in this one. We're going to talk about some of the things we may have heard as kids that have affected our beliefs about our body, our body image, and some of the things we might still be saying to ourselves or perhaps saying in front of our own children that is affecting the way they view their bodies. This is a really important episode. Whether you're a parent or not, we all have struggled with a family member, somebody that we really care about, who we see doing some really destructive things with their health. And in this episode, we will address some of the best ways that you can address these things with a loved one without driving a wedge between the two of you and to inspire the people who are closest to you to take control of their health in the most loving and supportive way. Whether you're a parent or not, if there's ever an opportunity that you can influence family member, a brother, a sister, a mother, and of course, most importantly, your children, this message is for you. I'm joined today by my friend Keith Harris. I love talking to him because He's been there. He's lost over 125 pounds, and it's just a real conversation. So without further ado, let's kick it with Keith. What's up, Keith? Yo, Shaleen, what's up? Not much. Not much. All right. So listen, this one is kind of deep. Okay. This one's kind of deep. Oh, you know, I like that. I just sat up nice and straight. (laughs) (laughs) So today I want to talk about how to be a positive influence on people Um, Mm -hmm. the people that we love when it comes to food and fitness and how, how damaging Mm. um, our own families can be when it comes to our development. So this is, this is really deep. Wow. Yeah. That is deep. deep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a good topic. I'm so glad you brought this up because it, you know, you and I get a lot of the same 
questions like every week people ask us the same things and that's one of them is like how do i get the support of my family mm-hmm. and 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 that's kind of like the adult question but when i talk to people mm-hmm. and you have two who've lost like you know 50 pounds 75 pounds 100 pounds but they've struggled with their weight like a lot of their adult life mm-hmm. and even if they're a healthy weight they still struggle with that like thinking about their weight is every day mm-hmm. every conversation every time they get dressed in the morning, they're always thinking about their weight. Mm -hmm. And I've found from the letters and the heartfelt conversations with people that so much of this tortured way of thinking about our bodies stems from something from our childhoods, uh, you know, body image that we've kind of adopted from our parents or one Mm -hmm. of our parents. And, And to realize how much influence we have as adults on the children whose lives were in, and it, 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 not just your your own kids, but if you're a teacher or an aunt or an uncle, but, and, and for those of you listening to think back on it, something you may have seen in mm-hmm. your own home that helped to shape the way you view your own body is, is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really like deeply psychological. And it is. It requires some, some, pulling of the weeds, you know, like really getting down in the weeds and, and really like kind of digging up some stuff that might be a little bit hurtful. Um, like I remember, you know, being a child and, um, you know, I would see my mother emotionally eat, you know, I could, it was obvious that she was upset. And, you know, of course I'm looking at this in hindsight. I wasn't like, you know, super intuitive as a kid. <laughs> now that I look back on it, I can remember her obviously taking out her her frustration or anger, whatever that emotion was, you know, on a pint of ice cream. Yeah. Um, and um, and then as an adult, you know, I saw a parallel between, you know, the stuff that she did, those those same behaviors, and then the same and then the behaviors I was I was doing as well. So, you know, I would emotionally eat. And I wasn't I wasn't really aware of it. I just noticed that I was doing the same type of things. Well, and for those people who are, you know, are just hearing you and I together for the first time, Keith and I go way back and Keith is about 125 pounds less than when I first met him. So you speak from a place of expertise of going through this journey and it is a big piece of it being self-aware and we learn mm-hmm. we learn from our parents how to treat food and if you think about it from the time a child is an infant, like when I brought my babies home from the hospital, mm-hmm. you soothe them with food. I mean, I nursed both kids and when a baby cries, you're natural, like there's a, a, a reaction that happens within your body that says feed the baby. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we condition small children to be soothed by food. And then we grow up in a household where we see the way our parents and the people who influence us deal with emotion with food, then we just say, well, this is what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I remember in my own home, just a lot of things, like everything revolved around like all family gatherings and, you know, I love you. And so here's a pie and, right. oh, someone died. So let me drop off a casserole. Like food is love, is care, is how mm-hmm. you kind of take care of emotion. So it's not uncommon that a lot of our cues, and as you and I both talked about, like, you know, we love our parents. I'm sure they didn't do any of this stuff intentionally, but we just have to be self-aware of some of the things we picked up mm-hmm. from our parents and then realize those of us who are parents that, whether we mean them to be positive or negative, our children are watching us and taking 
cues for how they will treat food based mm -hmm. on what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, so those were our childhood experiences. And then mm -hmm. we kind of developed these same behaviors. And now we have kids. Right. Um, I, I would ask the question, like, so what's the best way a parent can be supportive of a spouse or a child who hasn't really exactly, you know, embraced, you know, like a healthy lifestyle? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's good. I mean, because let's face it, it starts with whoever's doing the grocery shopping. And many times you and I have seen this happen where it's the whole family is out of shape. The whole family is unhealthy. And one person decides I'm going to change this. Mm -hmm. And they start with education, learning about, you know, the right type of protein shakes, the right type of food and, and what it means to have high levels of sugar. And, and mm -hmm. they start educating themselves and working out and, and then they, they feel all the changes and they get excited about it. And they want to just kind of like, they want to help their family. But at the same time, like they're suddenly saying, hey, the rules have changed. Right. And it can feel on behalf of those who are not yet there, like they are eating the old ways and mm -hmm. they still have the weight to lose. It can feel like, number one, you're being judged, right. um, that you're, you're bad. And now this food that you've brought to us is bad food and that now I, I don't get your approval because you know I'm overweight. And then there's also from oftentimes a spouse this kind of like angry resentment about the whole health thing because, mm -hmm. and that's not like who would be angry about being healthier? Nobody, mm -hmm. but it makes people fear change. Mm -hmm. So when one partner is suddenly changing and they seem more confident and they're eating differently and they're taking care of themselves and the other partner starts to act with resentment and you know passive aggressive ways and bringing home foods that sabotage, that isn't because they don't love you. And it's mm -hmm. not because they don't see the value in health. It comes from a place of fear, fear mm -hmm. that things are going to change, fear that you won't need them, fear that they'll be left behind, fear that you will think less of them. And so the way we treat a spouse is a little differently than how I believe we should treat our children. Mm -hmm. And and the most important thing in both ways, children or spouse, is an unconditional love and mm -hmm. open communication and never pointing your finger and saying, this is what we're doing, or this is good and this is bad, or you need to mm -hmm. fill in the blank. You know, I found, I don't have any kids, um, but my wife, I find with her, the best way for me to encourage is really by example. Mm -hmm. Like, so we don't really talk about it very much, you know, so like the, the, the easiest, when I won't, I won't say the easiest way, but, but I would say the most effective way for me to you know, maybe kind of get a, a point across or or like maybe try to, you know, do something a little bit different in the household as far as our, our eating is concerned is to just start doing it. And right. then eventually, you know, she kind of comes around and uh, I, I find that to be the most effective way. It just it just ends up being or getting a little too sensitive at times, yeah. you know, even even with people who haven't struggled, you know, with their weight, you know, like. You're right. You changing does something to someone like it mm -hmm. just kind of makes them feel as like, I don't know, inferior, maybe. I don't know what the case is, but yeah. it just kind of makes them feel a little bit funny because, you know, there's some change happening. Yeah, they fear that the relationship will shift. And, mm -hmm. you know, we hold so tightly to our relationships that that fear can come sometimes in the form of it feels like anger or like they're not supporting me. Mm -hmm. And 
what you just described with your wife is what I would prescribe as the very best way to do this. It's it's modeling. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that I attribute much of my healthy body image. And sometimes it's like to a fault. It's like in the industry that I'm in, like maybe I should be obsessive about my body fat and maybe, you know, you know, but I'm just not. Right. And it's not as important to me as it is to many of my colleagues. And that's because it's not who I am. Who I am is like a whole person. And right. that was very much modeled to me by my mom. I never, ever once in my whole life heard her talk about her body or other women's bodies or my body, you know, and my, I think the best thing a parent can do is rather than saying like, oh, honey, that, that dress doesn't look that good on you. Or do you really think you should wear those pants or Mm -hmm. how much fat is in that? Or do you really want to eat that cake? You Mm -hmm. know, like that's the kind thing, but I've also heard really terribly mean examples, parents saying your sister can wear that, but you're, you're too thick or you're, you're too big Uh, to wear that, you know, that that hurts my heart. Right. It's, it's sad. And, but to learn to replace those, because those are the phrases you're saying to yourself. And when you speak them out loud by accident, your Mm -hmm. child carries them with you Mm -hmm. uh, forever. I mean, I had a, when I was first personal training in my twenties and I remember I had a, a client who was in her late fifties and I trained her three times a week. Mm-hmm. I would say two out of three times a week, she brought up a conversation like a broken record of overhearing her mother when she was a child mm-hmm. talking about how she, this client of mine, mm-hmm. was the chubby daughter. And it was a conversation that she overheard her mother having. And you could just see here was this woman who was you know, approaching 60. And I see her three times a week and it's coming up two out of the three, like it was her, and she was super fit and had been all of her adult life. But she said that hearing, overhearing that conversation haunted her her entire adult life. And she never ever looked in the mirror and thought she was okay. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, it reminds me that we just really have to be careful what we say to people. I mean, you know, especially our children or our spouses or our loved ones, but you know, just friends or colleagues or whatever the case. Like, I mean, we really have to be careful about what we say to people because it could very well stick with them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And and affect them for the rest of their lives. That's that's pretty incredible. I was always the big kid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm I'm still the big kid. You know, like I, I still When you say the big kid, like were you, would you be teased for being overweight or or did just people say he's the big guy? Yeah, I'm, I was just always the big guy. And, okay. you know, like my height, you know, did a whole lot for my weight. Had I been six, seven inches shorter, <laughs> I might have I might have been the fat kid. <laughs> I don't know. Well, sure. Yeah. But yeah. So like, you know, I've I've always worn my weight well, as they say. OK. Um, and um, so I don't I don't ever remember like being teased necessarily there was something about being called big though um that bothered me a little bit when i can remember as early as like maybe fourth grade so like Mm. maybe being 10 or 11 yeah so yeah there there was something that always that bothered me about being big and or being called big um and then after a while i I embraced it Mm -hmm. because i realized that i was just bigger than everybody else but i can only imagine if that big was a fat, yeah, know, or, you know, so like if people swapped out calling me big for fat and yeah. like how that would affect me. Yeah. I, I was able to just kind of manipulate the big and make it something positive, but right. 
yeah, I can only imagine what it would be like. What and I would that feel was like. at, yeah. you said at age 10? Yeah, you know, 10, maybe earlier than that, but yeah. Well, that's when it starts. The National Eating Disorder Association, they recently did a study and they found that as of today, 40 to 60% of elementary age girls are concerned when they interviewed them, concerned that they are becoming too fat. Mm. and that most of them are already looking at, they don't even know what the labels mean, but they look at fat content because unfortunately we've made fat the the monster, right. you know, the evil demon, when really it's too bad we don't have them looking at sugar. Like I would kind of be happy about this study if we knew that kids were looking at labels and looking for sugar content. Mm -hmm. Like that would be kind of cool, but they're not. They're worried about being fat and they're worried about being big. And we know the reason why this happens and and even if you don't have kids it helps you to think back on how your own body image has been shaped by tv mm -hmm. by you know images that we see on magazine covers mm -hmm. and how it's always changing and how so much of it is out of our control and it's been photoshopped and it's not even real mm -hmm. and we're comparing ourselves and then we hear adults saying like fawning over like the super thin mm -hmm. uh wow look how much weight she's lost right. like look at you know like missy elliott have you seen she's lost all this weight right. and everyone like you're suddenly relevant and lovable again when you've lost all this weight right. so the message even if it's not what your parents have said to you mm -hmm. if you hear adults talking about that if you see all of the attention on tv and on the magazine covers like being super thin must be good must be lovable mm -hmm. must be better must be um more beautiful mm -hmm. and and so that's where some of that starts but and then there's the opposite you know there's people who are super thin mm -hmm. and they can't gain weight right and for whatever reason people dismiss that as a true struggle mm -hmm. like oh you know and i guess it's because most people do have to mm -hmm. you know manage their weight and it's an issue but there's a whole bunch of people out there and i you know i i see them and i meet them who say, you know, I'm ashamed to say this because people scoff it off as like, oh, wow, that must have been terrible. Right. But but it's hurtful. And, and I couldn't gain weight. And I was always teased. And I was called beanpole and, mm. you know, chicken legs. Mm -hmm. and, and everybody always teased me. And I desperately wanted a different body. Like, it's so sad that wow. we think God... I mean, God makes perfect people and he doesn't make mistakes. And, and it's just sad that we allow that to happen, that we allow, like, it's okay mm -hmm. to tease people and to, you know, mock them and, because we would think, oh, we're actually paying them a compliment because they're so thin. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that, that hurts too. That's, that's a really, really good point. And I'm not sure that I've ever thought about it in that way because that just hasn't been my perspective. Right. Yeah. Somebody who can't gain weight for whatever reason doesn't fit into you know this 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 body type that's being glorified by the media right. they are dealing with the same type of issues yeah and, and i you know the truth is i never thought about it either until maybe the last 10 years when i had a chance to meet so many people i could just look into someone's eyes and i, I could see the pain mm -hmm. when they would talk about being a beanpole or being teased and ridiculed for being thin and that even adults would do it and and coaches and teachers and just do it so publicly. And, and I think to myself, gosh, we, we wouldn't never imagine a teacher making fun of a kid in class for being heavy. And, and I've heard these stories of people just saying it was, I would wear three pairs of jeans just so that wow. nobody would 
tease me about my legs and wow. and it was um and being accused of having an eating eating disorder and why don't you just eat and they just couldn't gain the weight and and that was equally as painful so i guess the message here mm-hmm. you know the message here is that we if we lead with love you always win mm-hmm. i think anyone can look in the mirror and see what they're dealing with Mm -hmm. and the better people feel about themselves the more likely they are to make changes nobody makes a change when you are wagging a finger in their face and making them feel less Mm -hmm. people are motivated to change when they feel loved and supported unconditionally you know when you feel beautiful inside and out and we're talking about just being healthier not losing Mm -hmm. weight or inner thighs or outer thighs but just being more energetic, mm-hmm. having more energy, having, mm-hmm. you know, the ability to just do things that are fun. And, and we've just, as parents, we've got to catch ourselves talking negatively about ourselves in mm-hmm. front of our children because mm-hmm. they adopt that. It's true. It's very true. You know, growing up, you said that you remember your mom um, eating to soothe herself. And you have sisters. One mm-hmm. sister? Uh, three. Three sisters. Okay. Yeah. So, was there dieting going on in your house? Do you remember? Did your mom talk about her body and? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I like my mother and her friends would would get together around the the latest, the new the, the latest and greatest, the newest diet fad, whatever it was at the yep. time. Yeah, like the cabbage soup diet. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I re- I kind of remember those moments. Um, you know, I definitely remember it being discussed. Some of the th- some of the same things that you're talking about in terms of uh, kind of projecting, mm-hmm. you know. So like I remember my mother saying certain things to my sisters, mm. you know, about their weight, mm. and a lot oh, of it had okay. to do with her weight. Yeah, I've personally, firsthand wit- witnessed this yeah. happen in, in my household. So it's sad to say I've seen friends do it to the point where it took my breath away. Like I've been in a situation where you know it's me a girlfriend and her daughter Mm -hmm. and heard her say something that like literally i felt like i've been punched in the stomach and thought that's gonna stay with her forever and you just said that so freely in front of other people i can't imagine what you're saying Mm -hmm. to this young girl and now that young girl is in her 20s and she does struggle with her weight and she does struggle with her body image Mm -hmm. and and you know as a friend you can only say so much to a friend about the way they parent the things that they say and and so much of it is just you've just got to be aware of are you helping or are you hurting and Mm -hmm. and then the things you say about yourself and and to realize that your five-year-old kid in the back seat can hear you on your cell phone Mm -hmm. talking to your girlfriend saying i feel so fat Mm -hmm. i feel so ugly i need to lose this fat they hear those things Mm -hmm. and Whatever you're saying about yourself, just imagine you're saying that about your daughter mm-hmm. or your son, mm-hmm. because that's the way their little brains process it. Like if you look in the mirror and you say, I look ugly and fat today, you might as well have turned to your child and say, you're ugly and fat today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that powerful. And it's true. It's just a gift and just luck of the draw that I have great parents and my sister does and my brother and 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 a big piece of our confidence was because they always spoke highly of each other. Mm-hmm. of themselves and of us. I think if you can give a gift to your child, it would be to give them the gift of confidence. And when you do that, you give a gift to the world because mm-hmm. when we have healthy children, it we, we have a healthier world. Yeah, wow. I can't even, I can't even imagine what it must be like. I mean, it was pretty bad when I was a kid, but you know, just the, the imagery that you see 
Mm. You know, like, oh, yeah. I think that the kind of the only, you know, there were magazines and TV, but like now, you know, there's the internet and, yeah, you know, like social media and Photoshop. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I can only imagine what it must be like for a girl or boy, you know, yeah. to hear these things, you know, like from their parents and, and now that they're, they're kind of trying to, figure out what what they're supposed to be like and what they're supposed to look like and then right. so they turn to these images and which wow. aren't even real you know like i i've shared the story before where i was using a freelancer on mm -hmm. elance and i sent a, just a ton of photos for them to square them up and clean them up and you mm -hmm. know just re remove stuff and you know make them all look consistent and brighten them up blah 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 right mm -hmm. and <laughs> this freelancer luckily i have a positive body image but this freelancer sent me back a sample and he's like hey i just thought you might want to see what i can do with your image with photoshop and i'm like oh god i don't even want to look at this and i opened it up and he had like made my waistline like you know super duper small and then made my butt look like a big old shelf you know i was like <laughs> like it was like wow that would be great except that then i have to see people in real life and they right, would go right. what happened to your <laughs> shelf butt you know like and then i was like well that you know, like for a moment there I was like well well Maybe what he's trying to say is that's what I should look like. You know, it kind of messed with my brain for a minute. Mm -hmm. And then I looked at those two pictures side by side and it made me realize like, this is happening every day, right. all day. And right. we we don't know what out there is real and what's not. And and unfortunately, um, we just, ex our brains accept that. And you see, like, for example, that in particular, like the big butt is mm -hmm. now like all the rage. Right. And we, you and I both know all the squats in the world, I am never gonna have, ne never gonna have Iggy Azalea's bootay, right. nor am I gonna have J-Lo's, or um, who else do we love, Nicki Minaj. It's just right. not gonna happen, because right. that's not squats. That's that's DNA or, you know, whatever else you'd like to hypothesize. Right, right. And so to measure yourself against something that like you just can't have, like love what you have, you know? Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Well, this has been awesome. <laughs> no, this has been great. Thank you for kicking it with Keith. You know it. Talk to you soon. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening, lifers. Shaleen invites you to join her for her free coaching program designed to help you get organized, productive, and laser-focused on what really matters. To sign up for her free video coaching program, please visit 30daypush.com.